have you seen the two biggest water-based movies of 2022? Avatar 2, of course, being number one, and Black mm-hmm. Panther mm-hmm. 2, mm-hmm. Wakanda Forever being number two. Mm-hmm. Yes. And and I'll tell you, it's going to shock you which one used Black people as water. Wait, we're still doing this? Is Is it still JC? Is he still? Yes, yes. And to be fair, I've seen Avatar 2 now twice. Okay. I've sort of taken a backseat on behind-the-scenes shenanigans of these movies production, so I don't really know what you're talking about. Can you enlighten me on what you've heard? For sure, for sure. I'll, I'll, I'll take you to uh, I'll take you to the world of Wakanda first. If, if if you if you come back in time to maybe hour one of of nine that that movie it's two two forty five, uh, but that's fine. When you go to uh, to Neymar's underground water palace. Mm-hmm. If you look closely, you can see that is actually H2O. Him and his people are living a lavish life mm-hmm. underwater. I do remember this, yeah. And Coogler, Coogs as as we call him, chose to cast, you know, just regular regular water because he felt that the people, the village, their stories would speak for themselves. Now, if you journey with me to the other movie, this director... This guy who, who 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 has plunged further than any human underwater, dove into the Mariana Trench for research purposes, with the boatload of cash from Titanic and and the, and, and the lots of it. Mm-hmm. And you know, you know, when when you watch these Planet Earth documentaries, your your, your BBCs under this water, there's always you know, there's a, no one really knows. They say we know more about space than we do about deep sea. Mm-hmm. And one man journeyed further than anybody else. And what did he find down there? A mess load of black people? A mess load of black people. Now, not to derail you here. Mm-hmm. Now, are you saying he found this in his research for the movie Avatar? Or are you just saying he found this separate from the movie Avatar? No, no, no. He was doing this research because he felt that the tech wasn't there yet. He felt that that not only were the cameras not ready, but just people's minds weren't ready. We we didn't we didn't know what was down there. Right. So in order to paint a realistic picture of the deep sea, he needed to go down there. And and you know when he was greeted with the finest food that money could buy, he he realized that these people are home. You know this is this is a village of people living down here, and they have a story to tell. And I. Being a rich white man should tell their story. Are you speaking as James Cameron? Yes, JC. Well, now to be fair to the movie, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the water tribe from Avatar 2, they actually don't live in the water. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The only characters that live in the water in either of these movies are in the Black Panther movie. Yes, because in JC's version, if you notice, when they go into the water, it's 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 people. So they choose to live on land because that that water, I'm doing I'm doing air quotes for for the uh, for the listeners. That water is is people. The quote unquote water is people is mm-hmm. what you're saying. Yes. So it's you know it's one of the many long long list of things stolen. But St- I'm sorry, yeah. stolen. Yes. Uh, wait a minute. <laughs> you, mm-hmm. What was stolen? The secrets of, of, of life down there, the, the, the fact that he disturbed people who were living down there by themselves, came down there, took these ideas up, which the people don't want. They're down there just chilling, having a good life. Mm-hmm. Now he takes them, says, hey, I can pay you, you know, SAG minimum. 
I get you a card. These people, these, these, these people, you know, they had no concept of money. They didn't know what they were signing up for. Takes them, removes them from their village, casts them as water. Told them they were going to be the lead. Told them they were going to get to hang with Gamora. I'm sorry. So they had no concept of money and technology, but they knew what Gamora was. Only that character. Like not only even just character. the actress, but <laughs> yep. they only specifically know her character from Guardians of the Galaxy. No, no, they don't know Guardians. They just know Gamora. They don't know any of the Avengers. <laughs> no reference of Thanos, but they know they know she's somebody's daughter. Well, everybody's somebody's something. So exactly. See, now we're on the same page. We're not. At all. <laughs> we are not on the same page. I'm almost positive we're not on the same book, but that's fine. Now, now we're cooking with gas. Now now we're cooking. You're giving me these behind the scenes tidbits that mm-hmm. absolutely make no sense. Mm-hmm. You said you've seen both of these films. Uh, did yes. you like either of them? Yes, yes, yes. I, I you know, I, I, I thought um, I'll start with uh, uh, Wakanda again. I, I thought that one had a difficult hurdle. They had to deal with um, people just having the biggest expectations in the world for it to be good, for it to be uh, a tribute, for it to uh, to line up the next decade of, of, of movies, to do all these things, introduce characters, worlds, all of this stuff. With that all being on its shoulders, I think it did a pretty good job. Right. Is that saying that's a good movie or not? I'm saying that it is a good movie. Okay. Not a great movie, a good movie. What did you think of the first one? Did you think that was a good movie or a great movie? First one, I thought it was more grounded, which I liked. My my rating scale for these is um, my grandma uh, seeing both of them and having which one did she have more questions on? Fair. I like this. Okay. That's my rubric, and she had many more questions about the the fish people. The other one, first one, was very straightforward. So she was like, "Boom, I'm with it, got it." Now, and good. Mm-hmm. In respect to your grandma, what kind of questions were she asking you? Uh, who are these fish people? Fair. I said, <laughs> my first reply was, "You you saw the movie and where they explained who the, the said fish people were," but she didn't. Um, that part didn't uh, didn't land for her, but she did enjoy Angela Bassett. As everyone does, yeah. As everyone does. A delight. A, delight. a national treasure, some would say. A national treasure. She did enjoy, um, the, 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 it was mostly women in the leading, the majority of the movie, mm-hmm. I would say. M'Baku was mostly there to get beat up. Yeah. And... Um, <laughs> Shout out to Winston. Uh, yeah, those, those are her, her her minor complaints of it, and just the length. So, so I I had to reference that for for her because she did say it was a little long. Now, did she see this on Disney Plus or in the movies? In the movies. In the oh movies. wow! Yeah, yeah. Is this like yeah. a matinee showing? Yeah, no, we went um we went on a Sunday. Oh wow! Uh, like a Sunday Sunday afternoon. A, fam- uh, a family outing. Family outing. Family. I was surprised. I took we you know. Took the the nephews, everybody. When we're back for Christmas around them. Oh, there you go. That's adorable. I'm assuming Grandma's the oldest. <laughs> Turns out. <laughs> Turns out my two nephews, the the the, the oldest, he's six, mm-hmm. but the 
the the littler one, he's actually eighty one. So he's he's past her. So she's she's eighty. So he's he's got the he's got out here living fast. I get it. I'm sorry. Yeah. You said the littlest. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not youngest. Right. Littlest. The littlest. Yeah. We go by height in my family. How old's the tallest, I guess? My grandma is seven two. <laughs> she she played on the, the Guangdong Tigers Chinese basketball team for <laughs> for the other four. That, I'm sorry, that would be me. Where was this where was this league? I'm sorry. Oh, it's in it's uh it's in based in Shanghai. There's there's teams from all over, mm-hmm. over China, but the the biggest stadium is there. And she used to start point for the Guangdong Tigers. I'm sorry, she was seven one and started point? Yeah, she's very spry, I would say. I guess my next question should be, was she the tallest person on said team? Yes, she did have that going for her. And she was the point. Yes. Not the center. Well, you, you, no, 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 no. You got you gotta go by talent at that point. Because if she's, you know, she if she's the best person. What if she there, doesn't have ups, man? Like, you got somebody that can jump higher than her, then of course you're going to choose them as a center. You need a facilitator. So she needs the ball in her hand. She, she's not very good off ball, I would say. If I had to comment on her game. Look, she had all these grandkids. I'm pretty sure she's pretty good on ball. Fair, fair. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking romance today. Valentine's Day is around the corner. We're still talking romance? I mean, I was trying to figure out about this movie, but then we segued into uh, uh, Shanghai League basketball <laughs> for some reason. It's, it's, it's you know, if, if you can't, because, you know, you got you to put yourself, take yourself back, right? She was born in the 40s, early 40s. Okay. Right? There is no, WNBA is a relatively new thing. In the 40s? You know I mean? No, no, no. Like, even now, I mean... <laughs> I think it came out in, uh, I think in the 90s, I think WMPA came out. So there was no league for, for women out here, but, right. you know, she went to the, the liberal bastion of, of, of China where they were having leagues for women to play, to get down to ball. Well, good for them, but I do know that China is notoriously anti-Black. Did she mm-hmm. have any mm-hmm. issues when she played over there? Oh, tons, tons, tons of issues. When she would try to get to the um, the court, they would actually like duck form down. A... Doorways are very short. Well, I meant. I'm sorry. I should have clarified. I meant racial issues. Did she encounter any of those? Oh yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. There there would be protests. There'd be picket signs. To be a line to cross, but you know, thankfully, you know, back in the forties, the 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 people over there they were very short, so she was now, able to, with her legs, step over most of them, going to the court. If she was born in the forties, at what age did she start playing basketball in China? Good question. So she learned when she was six, started balling, you know, the nursery. Now, to be uh, to be clear, you're not saying she was playing basketball in the forties. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Birthed. Right. I should say. But she wasn't born 7-1. No, 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 no. Five, five, about five, five, I believe. Now, did somebody tell you this or you just believe this? No, I saw I saw the picture. There was pictures back then of my great-grandma. Your great-grandma is now involved in this? From- well, from, from, from birthing her. I have a question. Sure. So, would it be that the fall of the Nazi power in the 40s was a direct result of the WNBA in China starting. Are you saying that's the reason why the Nazi party fell? I, too, am a big fan of Ashton Kutcher's butterfly effect. And 
And I feel it is very relevant here mm-hmm. because when she dunked on the Maasai generals, that's the other, that's the other team. Sort of like a globetrotter situation when, when there's, when there's one team that just keeps losing, but they keep getting real close. It was the championship. The Speaking of, I also general. did hear that the Globetriders are no longer exclusively playing the generals. You know, some 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 things are not supposed to change, but but as you you know re- reference this ripple effect, I'll just just close that on the championship game when the Guangdong Tigers played the Maasai Generals, and it was sixty nine sixty nine going into the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there center their tallest person they had came coming up was actually six foot nine. Oh. Three so inches shorter than your grandmother. Still shorter, but but playing good defense, good wingspan. The wingspan was outreached her height. I would hope so at six nine. Yeah. Big big old arms. Meanwhile, sixty nine, sixty nine, tied up in the fourth. Grandma has the ball. Everyone's covered. It's just her versus my grandma. No Time on the clock. So it's zero seconds left. There is some time on the clock. <laughs> okay. A minimal <laughs> correction. <laughs> there is a minimal time left on the clock. So like maybe two seconds. Maybe, maybe two seconds. Maybe two seconds okay. on the clock. Well, yeah, ESPN.com has it at six seconds. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm guessing, gotcha. so I don't know. I'm, I'm, you know, these these are stories told down to me, so I'm, I'm just relaying, you know, what was passed down to me and, and what I'll eventually pass down to my nephews. 69, 69, about two to six seconds, some time period between then on the clock. Everyone is covered. The 6'9 woman, my grandma, one-on-one. She calls ISO. She waves everybody off. Everyone leaves the court. To be mm-hmm. clear, we're saying she ISOed with, I'm assuming with at least 10 or 12 seconds left. So by the time we're getting to this point in the game, it is now two through six seconds. During two through six, she called an ISO. <laughs> Everyone evacuates the court. People are piling out of the stands. Vendors are closing up shop. <laughs> in four seconds, they're doing this. There is no audio of this because the commentators also left the building. Uh huh. Just headsets are on the ground. Running Just out. done. Done. The game on the line mm-hmm. with about two seconds left. World War II in the balance. The axis on an axis. She leaps from where she is standing. About there was no three point line then. Right. But you you could say you could say in that, in that Steph Curry three point range. Mm-hmm. She takes off because she doesn't she doesn't think she has enough time to get the shot off. So she wants to be in the air before the clock expires because then it would count. Right. So never mind just shooting it. No, no. In the air. Leaps. Fair. From the three point line. Okay. The Maasai general captain leaps to counter. Mm-hmm. Midair. Two superpowers, world in the balance, are coming towards each other in slow motion. Mm-hmm. My grandma. Takes off her shoe. Midair. Midair. This is all. Clock is now in, a, expired. Right. Buzzer has been sounded. Buzzer has sounded. The buzzard has buzzed. There we go. Thanks for the onomatopoeia, Kevin. Welcome. But if this basket goes in, it is game for the Guangdong Tigers. So she goes up, takes the shoe off, uses the shoe to bat away 
the oncoming block. Because again, this is a 6'9 plus mm-hmm. wingspan. Bats away it. The hand is now down. Proceed then to wind up a windmill with the other hand. Just so I can mm-hmm. get an idea of what I'm looking at here. Mm-hmm. In flight, mm-hmm. instead of just blocking the hand with her other hand, mm-hmm. she proceeds to take the shoe off yes. and block the hand. No, it sounds like a straight up foul. You assaulted. That's what it sounds like to me, too. Fair, fair. I, I understand. I understand. I've never been one to take side of the Nazis, but mm-hmm. in this instance, I might have to side. Now, I have to drop the other detail on you, because as you referenced, there was a lot of racial issues happening at the time. Mm-hmm. And it was illegal for a black person to touch an Asian person. So she uses the shoe, her own shoe, to block it away because she knew touching an Asian person in the game is an immediate six fouls and thrown out, pushes it away, proceeds to do a windmill dunk, first ever and the last ever. Wow. Now, is that where the uh, the video game NBA Jam got the idea from? Yes, yes. Well, you see, NBA Jam is 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 relays the, the history of of my people. You you mean ball players? My people. You mean the family? No, I mean everyone in that game. When you put in that code and you unlock Bill Clinton mm-hmm. and Hillary, right? When you unlock P Funk, George Clinton, mm-hmm. these are all. My people. Oh, so just characters. Yes. So did the Nazis exclusively use Chinese people for their basketball team? Yes. Were they yes. not actually? Okay. okay. They didn't, just no, they didn't, they didn't bother sending any Germans over. That had to be incredibly difficult for your mother being, or your grandmother being a black woman in a WNBA league in China where it's illegal to touch a Chinese person. Very difficult day to day. Okay. So no team huddles, no like everybody in on three. No, no, she would, she would do the, she would hover above when they did like the team cheers and stuff like that. I mean, I would love to follow along in this story, except this doesn't make sense. We're talking about Wakanda forever, man. Which part? Uh, almost all of it. Like, (laughs) because you're talking about it as if World War II is on the line and your grandmother's there at Mm 7-1 in the 40s, except... She was born in the 40s, mm-hmm. so she couldn't have been 7-1. No, she was 5-5. Five, five. We, 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 we that was when we were talking about the great... Right, right. Um, but she didn't get the 7-1 overnight. She came out the womb at 5-5, five, five, so she naturally progressed in the next couple of, next couple of years or so. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. I mean, listen, if you're happy with telling this story, I'm, I will be a satisfied participant of listening to it. Pioneer in C-section technology, I'd say. It's one of the first uh, horizontal C-sections ever done. As opposed to the vertical ones? Yeah, so I, I want you to picture looking at somebody forward, straight towards them. Mm-hmm. And then if you were to rotate your view to the side, almost like a, like a gingerbread man, a horizontal C-section makes a small incision by the hip, and goes straight up, almost painting an outline of the body, mm-hmm. straight up and around. And then the doctor flips it open, pops out the baby, sews it back up. Oh, so from the side of the body instead of from the front of the body. Yep, yep. That's just the orient here. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Huh. Never heard of this. I'll do some, 
I'll do some research. But anyway, you know, thank you for your review of uh, Black Panther 2, apparently, that was. Yes. Now, before we move on to our real topic, I just want to get a quick heartbeat on what you thought of Avatar 2. Avatar 2, um, you know, as, as, as has been said before, just great visuals. I am looking forward to seeing... Uh, when the fire gets in, gets into it, uh-huh. um, I'm inter- I'm interested in seeing how it continues to slowly verge on the Avatar cartoon. Uh-huh. Yeah, overall, you know, I I think it's up there with with Top Gun as far as the story is so it's like a chicken nugget. It's it's something that everyone everyone can just kind of dig into. I'll I'll give them credit for making a it's it's tough to make just something that just no one will be like uh like thrown away by or or super pushed off by it's just like right in the middle mm-hmm. the story-wise right. and then it's carried by excellent you know top tier animation again before we move on to our main topic here mm-hmm. did you have any problems with avatar 2 I know you just, you know, expounded lovely on how down the middle it is, but mm-hmm. did you have, did you find any fault? No, that's the thing. That's the thing. I, I can't, I can't pinpoint like a, uh, like something that was wrong. It's just all, all of it is just, it's like, if you did it like an old school review, mm-hmm. it's like, it's like acting like seven, like script, like seven, mm-hmm. but visuals, you know, and 11. So it just elevates it in, in my book. So this is a scale of one through 11? Uh, this is seven to 11. <laughs> so seven being the lowest, 11 being the highest? Yeah. Where exactly does the, uh, the, the big gulp fit in there on your seven to 11 scale? And also, how long have the hot dogs been on the roller? Well, to, to, to take your first question, big gulp is reserved for... You know, cinematic masterpieces such as mm-hmm. Rush Hour 2, Rush Hour 3, and Rush Hour 1. In that order. In the, in the, yes, in, in that order. Hmm. Bad Boys 2, Bad Boys for Life. The third in the... The, the third in the series for, for the un, unofficiated and Bad Boys 1. So is there ever a case in which you like the first movie and then the second movie and then the third movie in a trilogy or... Only one I can think of is 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 probably Baby's Kids. There were sequels to Baby's Kids. They are not. I'm <laughs> not great. I'm sorry. Now I'm familiar with the first movie. I am not familiar with the sequels. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming mm-hmm. it's a returning cast. Yes. Well, they they got who they could get back. Fair. It's 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 one. You know, they, I think they knew what they were signing up for, kind of kind of thing. Hmm. Now that is strange. But the second second movie is where you hit it. That's when you know what it is. And then the third, you know, people have trouble wrapping it up. So it usually falls a little flat. But you're rolling at that point. And then the first, you know, the idea is it just still percolating. So two, three, one. So by this logic, I'm assuming that third Avatar movie is going to be your second favorite. Yes. When fire is introduced. Mm-hmm. Yes. 100%. Fair. Okay. Well, thank you for uh, your little glimpses into the last few months of the 2022. Uh, so far, how has 2023 been treating you? 2023 has been good. It's, it's, um, 
time is flying. It, 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 I cannot believe that, um, the V day is coming up my ancestral holiday and the, you know, the majority of January just kind of flew by, you know, not, not too much in the, um, the old world on fire column. So everything was just kind of, kind of steady, kind of chill. What do you mean by the world on fire column? Just, just terrible oh. events, okay. events happening and, and things like that. Fair. Like January was pretty chill in, in terms of that, but overall off to a good start. Can't complain. Can't complain. The, um, uh, February is, is, is when things heats up. That's, that's, that's what I'm looking forward to. Usually. Yeah. I mean, Actually, not usually. It usually gets colder in February. But anyhow, I don't have to worry about geology here, but or meteorology. That's what I meant to say. Uh, I'm, well, yeah, yeah. I know. I, know I think geology is like rocks and stuff. Uh, yes, geology would be uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Why are we talking about Neil? That's space. That's the that's the cosmos. Well, first, well, Earth is a part of space. There we go. There we go. Beat me to it. Some might say there's more living things on this planet floating through space than most evidence suggests on other planets. Solid data. Uh, yep. We're in space right now. I don't know if, you know. No, you are correct. But again, we're not here to talk about the cosmos. You're right. You're right. We are here to talk about when do you start thinking about your favorite holiday of the year, Valentine's Day? Do you start on January 1st or do you start on February 15th of the previous year? For me, it's on uh, uh, New Year's Eve. Okay. When that when that ball is 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 sitting up there and getting ready to drop, I'm being flooded with feelings of love. Mm-hmm. You know. So you like what do you like? Do you have anything planned for this year's 2023 Day of Love celebration? Of course, of course. On the 14th, I I plan on spreading love the only way I know how, and that's by touch. So I will be on your local Amtrak. Riding down the old Northeast Regional, giving everyone a little little holiday cheer, as I like to call it. Riding the rails. Giving everyone a little little Hershey's kiss, that's all. So you're just giving out chocolate candies? Yeah. Giving out chocolate candies, but you know, it is it is paired with love and intention and with each person I, I sit, give them I place I ask them to open their palm. I place a Hershey's kiss in said palm, tell them to clasp it, tell them to think deeply about the first love while they're thinking. I sit next to them, put the back of my hand on their forehead, breathe deeply. That sounds very sensual. It is. Well, it's Valentine's Day. Yeah. It's a season four. You know, I have no choice. You have all the choice. Now, what's the youngest that you're going to go? Like, you don't want to be too creepy about it. Like, you can't do this to a child. You can. You can. I think if you make your intentions clear... Which are to spread love as, you know, as it, it's not, you know, it's not creepy when Santa breaks into your house and, and leaves some gifts. And but he's not, he's not touching you. Well, when you're sleeping. Guys, let's not uh, compare holidays here. We're not here to talk about Santa's creepiness. Okay. You're right. You're We're right. here to talk about St. Valentine. I, I'm just saying that Valette's creepiness is a little bit higher than Santa's creepiness. And I'm here to say that on Valentine's Day... It's all good if your intentions are pure. My intentions are to spread love. So when that hand is on that forehead, tell them to breathe deeply. And I tell them the love is here. Love is coming. It will envelop you. And when you feel the the touch 
of love clasping around your neck. Embrace it. Now, for the unfortunate ones who do not ride the rail on said day, mm-hmm. what, what happens to those people? For those heathens, you know, taking um, buses and, and, and planes and boats and all sorts of other modes of transportation on Valentine's Day, they are cursed. Unfortunately, I can only wield my powers on one mode of transportation at a time. So then I banish those that are not on said mode to a year of no love. Then each year I I rotate modes of transportation to make sure everyone is equally. That's, That's thoughtful of you, I guess. What was it last year, if you don't mind me asking? Last year it was skateboards. If you were to climb onto their skateboard while they were on their skateboard. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I yeah. I don't okay. I don't skate myself. I, I just jump onto theirs when, when I see them going by. Now would you encourage other people to practice in this behavior? Like if you're if you ha- if you have the rails covered, could somebody cover the Staten Island Ferry? Copycat Valentine's makers have no place in my book, okay? It's a one person job and I have a lot of love to give. And unfortunately it's just the people that are that are on the Amtrak, specifically the Amtrak that you This year, yes, this year. So it's always a local thing with you. It's never beyond your scope. No, I mean, sometimes I do voyage into the cosmos, as, as, as you would call it. Now, how are you doing this? Oh, I take the, the Virgin Galaxy. Okay, so it's only the people on that plane then. When we arrive at Valentine's Day, I am given by Bronson himself given full carte blanche to take it and go further than upper atmosphere, but go into space itself. Okay, I didn't ask you about your destination. I'm just saying the people in the plane mm-hmm. are the only ones getting saved. Oh, no, at that love. point, at that point, I'm using the cosmos as a mode of transportation. So that's actually by far the most efficient way because then I'm spreading it all around the cosmos. I'm sorry, what are you doing as far as spreading the love? Like for instance, when you're when you're on the rails and you're you're blowing past mm-hmm. New York, leaving all your old friends mm-hmm. behind. I'm assuming you're taking a moment from back of the hand on a forehead to blow out kisses to all your your friends in New York. Yeah. So that way they can have a minimal amount of love. Yeah. You're not saying that we're all doomed to be loveless for the entire year. If you are not on the the, the mode, unfortunately, you are doomed. You are doomed. I, I have a lot of love to give, but it is a finite amount. I am one of God's angels, just like you all, meaning that I have limits. But when I'm in the cosmos, I can go to different galaxies, different solar systems, different nebulas, mm-hmm. and spread love that way to microbial life forms, to, to clusters of when life barely clings together. You know, we're, we're, we're thinking of life in terms of mammals and, and, and reptiles and, and sea urchin. That's not usually how I think of life, but yeah, okay. I usually think of humans, but... That's fair. That's fair. But out there, it's, 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 it's different forms. There's, there's, there's living light, you know, there, there, there are crystals, there are, there, mm. there are fungi. Okay, relax. I get it. You're watching HBO. Calm down. I just realized it's called He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, but they only stay on the one fucking planet. Exactly. You got to think of this as, as, as less of a Masters of the Universe and more of like a, an Into the Spider-Verse situation. I'm, I'm crossing 
galaxies. I'm I'm doing this this broadcast in other multiverses and talking to different versions of you two. Okay. And are all versions of me equally as confused by what the fuck they're listening to? Or? Some, but not all. Not all. There, there, there are one. One. Uh, um. I got it. You'd, you'd love this guy. He always says that we're on the same page, and and I just, I just wink at him. Now, are you like communicating with these other versions of yourself? So you kind of have a rapport back and forth, like, oh, this other version, they actually get it. But don't worry if that one on your end doesn't. Exactly. Have you ever had an intimate relationship with an alternate version of yourself? No, not of myself, but but of of loved ones. Yeah. What about our our good friend Patty? Hmm? We all know he'd make a handsome woman. But, uh, that's fair. That's fair. But I, I try to you know I try to keep business and pleasure separate when I'm out there spreading love. Sometimes it's unavoidable. You're right. I try not to make mistakes, but it it, it does happen. There was one time. If I must be honest, um, half black, half Asian, Kevin propositioned me. Sounds about right. Now, how did they identify? Uh, he was. He was a. Um, he was okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. He was half a uh, black stalagmite and half uh, an an Asian stalactite. Now, I, mm-hmm. being notoriously educated and whatnot, but our listener mm-hmm. might not be. What is? Hey, uh, I believe you pronounced it stalactite. Uh, back to geology. Oh, these what are rocks. Do with those two words? Yes. So uh, this is uh, a half black, like, half Asian rock version of Kevin. Yes, this was the rock verse. So like never ending story, except he's half black, half Asian, and definitely knows what that word means. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. He's Just... he's a rock uh, stalactite. You take the T. It means it come from the top, so that one's coming from the top. Like it, and then uh, select might is coming up from the bottom. Oh, power bottom. Gotcha. I'm just, I'm just trying to get all of it clear. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's uh, the multiverse is a is a strange place. It's tricky, strange place. It's tricky. But you had the cut of your jib. Uh, uh, all of you that that I've met have had this, you know, similar mannerisms and things like that. So now, when you when you mention the cut of his jib, now what exactly are you? describing rock circumcision i don't know what that means it's uh you, you ever um uh get get like a, a a ring crafted like a like the gym like when when you want to put a like a like a high school ring together and, and you want to carve something in there no what are you talking about sort of like the, the wedding ring process or any okay. kind of ring uh minting it's uh those in the biz call it rock circumcision so you're a jeweler? That's that's the essence that he's giving off? Is a jeweler? I would um, say a moil inside of the rock universe could be considered a jeweler, yes. There are Jewish rocks, correct? Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. Go ahead. For those of us who aren't well-versed in the uh, Jewish uh, terminology, mm-hmm. what, what what is that word? A moil is a rabbi whose job is specifically for circumcision. Well, I will have you know... And then I skipped over the the Moyle multiverse. I, things got dicey down there, so heyo. I had to. <laughs> I had to jet. That was the only one that you were like, "All right, I'm out. I got to get out of here." But yes, yes, there, yeah. That one was pretty rough. That one was pretty rough. I got to say, no pun intended. I get you, huh? 
Okay, so your Valentine's Day will be you on the train spreading love this year. That that's good. That's good. Hoping that people get through their day. That that's that's what you know. Valentine's Day is all about. About you thinking of some loved ones, thinking of things that you would do for them, thinking of things that they would do for you, and sitting in in, in meditation on that. Mm. Now, what what makes the celebration of Love Day more special for that? particular meditation than say the previous day or the following day? Good question. Good question. Well, because every, you know, February 14th by the Gregorian calendar, the chakras are are aligned. Mercury is, is at the perfect level and everything is perfectly acoustically timed and triggered towards maximum love intake. Maximum love intake. Okay. Yeah. Counter to that, what would you think the most unloved day is of the year? Because God, February listen, 14th man, is I didn't, I didn't, I didn't come here to be quizzed. I don't fucking know, man. You're the guru here. So. Uh, I would probably say the anniversary of D-Day in Normandy. Not I hate that day. But there's been wars every day of the year at somewhere. Why would D-Day be so special? Exactly. Why would D-Day be so special? It was a good guess. Actually, closer than you would think. Oh, so Christmas? Pearl Harbor, actually. Now, it's December 2nd? 7th? Uh, okay, you're going to have to explain this one. I'm sorry. I'm lost again. Sure. Pearl Harbor is the day that love died. Oh, it died that day. It died that day. Later, br- later brought back, but whew, takes me back. We were outgunned, outmanned. Who's we? Uh, you don't know. You don't know Vlad's history. He was a young black chef on a uh, on a naval base. Yes, when I say outgunned out, man, we were trying to feed everybody on on the ship. This is me and one sous chef and one line cook. <laughs> Takes me back. Fifteen hundred hungry sea lads, and we had two cast iron pans, one bent pot, and a stick of butter. I'm sorry, Al. It's okay. I wasn't expecting Demetrius to bring this up. Being so close to Valentine's Day and so far away from December 7th, I know it's rough for you. Now, I would have accepted, again, just from a rational thinking point mm-hmm. that, say, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Excuse me. Uh, the same page? Uh, no. Relax. Like, that's not my catchphrase. Like, Jesus I got my bad. I, I got you confused. <laughs> you look so much like him. <laughs> that's all me. That's all me. My bad. I would have accepted you saying maybe, you know, mm, April 12th mm. or something like that. Like, maybe that would have been the day love died or something like that. Now, I see your approach. You're implying um, what we in the biz call logic. To something that is illogical. Love, love doesn't follow any set pattern, any set course. You can't read a book, you know. Fair. I mean, I can read a book. I can read a book, though. That's fair. That's fair. It depends on what language it's in. Like, if you're handed a book no. of Braille, you can't read that. That's what apps are for, my man. What, you going to scan the bumps? I'm going to find the book that's in Braille and find the non-Braille version. How are you going to read the title? I have an app for this, my man. That's that's my brother. He works at a Braille shop. A Braille shop? Yeah, they print Braille books. He's a corrections officer, and that's what they do. He doesn't... I'm sorry. 
his regular job as a correctional officer is to print braille Yeah, books? you know how like they used to like stamp license plates and shit like that back when Elvis was alive? Well, now they do it with braille books. They don't want to give them the metal to make I'm license just- plates. They make shivs and stab each other. Now the most they could do is give each other paper cuts. You're saying he's a correctional officer? Yeah, he's the supervisor of the shop. And his job mm-hmm. isn't to manage the people making the braille books, but to actually make the braille books... With the people? Well, no, he's he's well? their supervisor. He's making sure that they're not out there stealing tools and shit like that. And he's like, hey, you got to do this many books or pages today. He's not making the books. Gotcha. All right, because I was confused. That's on me. Because I asked him if he knew any Braille because, you know, quality control issues. Mm-hmm. He knows like Fair. five words. The important five, though. Happy Valentine's Day. Day. <laughs> This braille is made specifically for people who stutter. (laughs) Either way, it's still the same word, so it doesn't count. (laughs) It's just another word. It's it's a sequence. It's like how Eskimos have, uh, you know, 900 words for uh, for snow. It's the same as people saying, oh, I need to go to the ATM machine. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is my pin number. Who says this? Who's just giving out pins and going to ATMs? Some people like cash, man. Nobody likes cash except for drug dealers. Cash is king. No, no. We can't buy a house with cash. You can't buy a house in this market anyway. Not even Johnny Cash could buy his house in cash. And that's crazy. Because he He's spent dead. all his money on cocaine. Both can be true. Yes and yes. To the both of you. Some people might say that's two words. Yes, yes. No, it's the not French two say words. It's we, one we. word, repeat it. Good point. Again, that's one word said twice. Still two words. Good point. Comme si, comme ça. I don't think you gentlemen understand how language works. Like, just because you say the same word more than once doesn't mean it's two words. It's one word said twice. All right, so famous comedian, Bruce, Bruce. His name's just Bruce? Yes. No, it's Bruce, False. Bruce. But it's said twice. It's not two names, though. Two different words. It's one name said twice. It's, in, it's, it's, like, um, it's like a homophone. Listen, I don't know what operating system that runs, so I don't even know what you're talking about right now. Is, is this an Android thing? It's like a um, sort of like onomatopoeia. One of those um, literary terms where a word said twice has mm-hmm. different meaning. They're saying happy Valentine's Day, day. Day is written. It has different iconography. That's all. It's allowed to be true. Like I, I live in New York, New York. Some people like you could just say New York. Yeah, good. Both are true. Valentine's mm. Day, day is both true. Well, it's day, 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 day. Did I day? No, it's not a stutter on the D. It's you have to say day three times. Well, that's the thing. Even if you stutter day, it's always going to come out as an extra version of the word. To finally put an end to this in a definitive way and simply say that, uh, have you ever wrote a word twice? The word twice or a word twice? Any word. Have you ever wrote it twice? Like it, it? I don't think I've done that. Like that, that? But, uh, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think I've done. Do, do? See, now that I have done. I've done that. You've done do-do's? I've written do-do, yes. There you go. And when you were writing do-do... Did you write it exactly the same? Uh, yes. Did you giggle afterwards and go, do-do? I was a child, so probably. <laughs> Did said giggle alter 
the penmanship of the second do. No, because I, I left afterwards, not during. Mm. Gentlemen, my penmanship has been impeccable since the age of five. I have shit handwriting, so. Do we have any correspondence to back up the validity of said penmanship? Well, you haven't checked with my, what do you call them? The uh, parallel universe versions of me? They all say the same thing, I'm assuming. I don't have any loved ones in my life. So there, in your face, thanks for bringing up sadness, Follette. Well, I actually pen a note for each and every person. All right. So you can't blow kisses through a fucking window because you're like, I'm too busy with all these people on this train. Mm -hmm. But for each and every individual person on Mm -hmm. this planet. That has a pillow. That. (laughs) Oh, shit. So the homeless are fucked. Probably the people that need love the most. Like, nope. Homeless, orphans, get out of here. Well, wait a minute. What are we categorizing as a pillow? Because I can say anything's a pillow if I lay my head on it. That's that's the category. Does it does it comfort your head? Mm. Not my ex-wife, I'll tell you that much. The old ball and chain, you tell me about it. <laughs> she was nothing but head pain, if you get what I'm saying. Pure headaches, that old bitch. Buy that for a dollar. You're damn right you buy it for at least two. <laughs> the way this one was working. My God. So I try to cast a wide berth with this category because I don't as you said I don't want to do you have if now. it's if it's only to bring comfort to your head does it have to be something that you're laying on like what if it's a drug what if you're like rolling a molly that brings comfort to your head mm. that's, a good, that's a good point but I do I, unfortunately, a chemical pillow if you will chemical pillows chemical pillow that's my new band I'm coming up with uh, I'll, I'll let you guys know about it later my chemical pillow I I, I check their album out <laughs> not my chemical pillow <laughs> The alt-right emo band. I'm sorry, for legal reasons. Uh, we are not my chemical pillow. It's just chemical pillow. Sorry about the mix-up. Yeah, that's, that's it's. I understand. It's, uh, it's, it's that same reason we had to legally differentiate ourselves from my <laughs> chemical pillow. It's, His lead singer actually has to correct people and go, no, it actually is pronounced Jared, not... Not Gerard. Well, this is actually more of a Nine Inch Nails situation where it's not really a group Mm, so mm. much as it is the thing I do in front of live people. Exactly. Now, just so we're all on the same page. Mm -hmm. Hey, that's the guy I know. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) I did not mean to merge the timelines. I am not responsible. <laughs> Time lords, I am not responsible. Do not come for me. Please. Oh, man. Well, now that I'm here, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we're just going to move on. Okay. It's not even important. <laughs> Don't even worry about it. Fair enough. Fair enough. You know what? You're, you're here. You're, you're a man who knows a lot about cinema. Mm-hmm. Cinemaphile. Absolutely. That is the correct term here. You know a lot about movies. Now, are you familiar with the classic movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Of course. Now, if you could posture a universe in which there was a sequel to this movie in the year of 2023, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what would the story be, do you think? Okay. So, Kevin Hart is Ferris. Okay. We're just going to talk story. We're not going to talk about casting. We're not really concerned with who's playing whom here. Got you. Got you. 
So Ferris Bueller is writing a, a biopic where Kevin Hart plays himself. No, I, so he's a writer in this universe. Well, okay, you know, in this universe, he's he, we're aging him up. So um, uh, I would hope so. At thirty, at forty years later, yeah, it's a sequel. So what's happening is Ferris Bueller is a college professor, and he is teaching the new generation. At this point, he has because we've aged it up a couple decades. He's hardened. He's hardened. He knows all of the tricks of the trade. All of the um, uh, the school attracts all of the like charlatans, all of the Dennis the Menace types. They 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 come there and they want to pull one over, want to pull a fast one, you know, yank Yankee's chain, if you will. Mm-hmm. So they all gather, but he's catching each and every plot. It's like, oh, I, I used to try that one. Oh. Oh, the the old the old pull a fire alarm. I used to do that all the time. He's 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 ahead of the game. But then one fateful morning, he meets his match, also played by Kevin Hart, Ferris Bueller's long lost brother, enters the fray. Now we're entering the realm of a coming to America, a nutty professor, a Jack and Jill, if you will. He has to duel against his brother. Taken his Which we did not establish was a thing in the first movie. Mm-mm, mm-mm. No, we did not. This is a twin situation where we... we it's a parent trap situation. A parent trap situation, if you will. Well, the parent trap situation would have to have parents involved. Fair, fair, fair. Well, it's in the name. Well, if this is Ferris Bueller's day off, too, it's not Ferris Bueller's day off because he's working, obviously, as a professor at college. Hey, I didn't. This is his story. I'm trying to figure out what the story is he's trying to tell here. Yeah. Apparently, there's twins and no parents. So I don't know what the fuck's going on right now. Act one, you're seeing Ferris at the top of his game, Kevin Hart. Why do you keep mentioning Kevin Hart? Is he sponsoring this movie? Is he the producer on this goddamn thing? What's happening right now? He's actually sponsoring Villette's end of this call. It's going to be Stupid Lasers presents Unpodcastable featuring Kevin Hart presents Fillet. It's uh, sponsored by Tommy John, apparently. Okay. <laughs> the finest underwear and, and, and underclothes. The rule now going forward is you cannot mention the actor that is going to be portraying Ferris Bueller in the movie that he is writing about himself. Gotcha. What happened? Thank you. Okay. So, uh, the professor... Mm-hmm. Played by an actor, a fine actor, a prolific actor, mm-hmm. is at the top of his game. This is Act One. You're seeing him just countering all the tricks of the trade. All of the kids are trying to one up him. Is this just a regular university type? There is this more like a county college type situation. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely a CC. Definitely, definitely a um, community one. More of a family atmosphere, right? So shenanigans are afoot. Mm-hmm. Okay. But you're still seeing him. He's he's the king of his kingdom. We want to create a situation when there is a, a rising action, right? We want to build to a climax for for you cinema files out there. So, what is the inciting incident that gets us on that track? The inciting incident is when we get to the second semester. He's just cooked okay. everyone on the second semester. The door swings mm-hmm. open. We see another actor. Prolific actor in such movies as Night School <laughs> swings the door open, looks exactly. He's it's like staring in the mirror. All the other students are like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" And then we do some camera tricks where we get him in the same 
uh, we get the same shot. The camera's like spinning behind him, like it's Mr. and Mrs. Smith, and and it's it looks real. It's a real cool shot, right? Mm-hmm. Then we pull out. It's like you, you. It's like I remember you. It's like I remember you. The first actor, you know, the one that's um, done such specials, <laughs> such comedy specials. <laughs> I used to talk about his uncle. Says, uh, you know, everybody want to get paid, but they don't want to do the work. He, he says, sit down, take your seat. I got no time for you. Then he sits down. Then he pulls the brother, star of the upcoming Borderlands movie, pulls out the oldest trick in the book. He looks on his desk. Didn't even notice before, but there's an apple there. It's like, oh, somebody, um, somebody proceeded to give me an apple for being a, a, a cool professor. Takes a bite. There's a worm in it. The worm looks at him and says, I really like that one you did with Brian Cranston. Knocks him off his feet. Second act end. Now we've created a conflict. Our hero, the first professor, is now in conflict with his brother. People are wondering, like, what, what is this relationship? Act three, flashback. We flash back to 1942. Okay. We, go, we go back to, to see how their parents' parents met. Also known as grandparents, but okay. How their grandparents, if you will, how they met. And in learning that backstory, we learn that they were the original pranksters. They used to prank each other, and that's how they fell in love. Mm-hmm. What brought them together was making other people look silly. So in this, we learn that they have a secret prank that they do to each other to let them know that they're loved. We see that prank established. It's the oldest one in the book. Act- I'm talking about sex, right? The ultimate prank. <laughs> What's the <laughs> what, uh, You've never heard it called the, that? What, I'm sorry, I have not. I'm not that cultured. So what what does that mean? It's it's the act of two people coming together. Now to be fair, I know what sex is, but what makes it the ultimate prank? That's my question. Now are you pulling a prank on the person you're having sex with, or are you pulling a prank on other people? That now know you're having sex. The two or multiple parties, however you like to get down, are playing pranks on each other. Mm-hmm. Because in this very intimate act, one of the most intimate things you can do with somebody, you are pretending that this is not really, really funny. And in doing so, you're pulling the ultimate prank. Because when you two achieve simultaneous climax... Only simultaneous, though. Only simultaneous. The other person must hold out long as they can for the other person. It's like a relay race. And once simultaneous climax is reached, you both laugh and you hysterically laugh together and it brings you closer together as partners in love. Now, quick question. Mm -hmm. I hate to interrupt, Mm -hmm. but... A relay, like, that's when you hand off the batons and whatnot, is it not? Yes. So, if you're about to finish, Mm -hmm. and your idea of what sex should be, Mm -hmm. because it's a Mm -hmm. ultimate prank, a practical joke. Mm -hmm. A yuck yuck. If you're about to finish, 
You should hand off a baton to another partner for them to jump in. See, the, the metaphor extends to the, you're a team, right? One person can't finish. This sounds like a never ending orgy. No, 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 no. So if you're the first leg of the relay, you can't finish alone. You need other people. So in, in doing so, you wait. You wait as the second leg, the third leg, the fourth leg of the relay. You can't go. You can't leave without anybody else. So if you're if you're the road dog Jesse James, you're getting tired. You're rushing out of that corner. You're tagging in the badass Billy Gunn. Mm-hmm. Mr. Ass himself. R.I.P. R.I.P. But yes, they share this ultimate prank that, that we see on screen visually. I'll just, uh, one, one last detail, then we'll jump to Act 4. Uh, well, Act 5. The grandparents are also played the same actor, who shall not be named. Then we jump back to Act 5. We do a time jump back and then a time jump forward, where the brother is now running school pretty much. He's um, the original actor, the professor, is distraught. He's now the bottom of his kingdom. He's no longer king of his kingdom. It is a Killmonger, Michael B. Jordan situation. In an auditorium, the one brother holds the other one above the others and says, is this your king? And they say, nah, that's not my man's in unison. So he's disgraced. Wanders off campus into the, the community park. Has a vision. This vision takes him back to that fateful day in the 1940s where he learns the ultimate prank. With said knowledge, Act 6 begins. He walks back into the school. We see this whole, this is a, um, for you cinema files out there, this is a continuous shot. So it, it hasn't, the camera hasn't broken. It's a one shot. Mm-hmm. So the camera hasn't broken from him being in the parks. So we're seeing it follow him. He's walking through doors. There are a lot of doors in the school. It's real drafty. So he keeps walking in. Boom, boom, opening the door. Boom, opening the door. Boom, opens another door. Opens the door of his classroom. Students are on the desk. His half-brother is got to... Wait, it's his half-brother, but it's played by the same actor? Yes. The same actor from Central Intelligence? Yeah, that one. Not not um, not Dwayne, the, um, the other guy. So, feet up on the desk. It's like, oh, you're back. It's a very similar voice, though. Uh, he says, you're, you're... Similar to the voice from Life of Pets. From DC Super Pets. Um, he says... You're Holy back. shit, is he in both movies? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this dude works so much. Like, when you're good at something, you're good at something, okay? <laughs> He's literally in both movies. But yes, he turns to himself, his half-brother, and like, yeah, I figured it out. I figured out how to stop you. All right, listen, mm-hmm. uh, I, I appreciate the story and its journey. Mm-hmm. But I actually do need the ending of this story. Like, how does this movie end? Yes. We fast forward to, to Act 38. He's just given a soliloquy to the audience, proceeds to do this the right way. He says, there's only one way I can dethrone you. One way that I can show you the true meaning of being a Dennis the Menace, of, 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 of being a, a charlatan, of, of being a knucklehead. Do you have any more synonyms? More synonyms, uh, a Homer Simpson. A, mm. He says that there's only one way that you can really do this, and that's with love. The reason we act out is because we're feeling like we need more love in our lives. 
that's the reason why you're trying to take over the school. That's the reason why you hate me. That's the reason why you killed all those people. It's because your love tank wasn't filled. Proceeds to unbutton his American Eagle shirt, zip down his Aeropostale pants, revealing a Tommy John's branded undergarments. (laughs) And the brother, the enemy, the Killmonger, says, you remembered. And he does the same. And it's revealed they both had the same undergarment. Mm. And they begin the ultimate prank. Wow. That is a strange, strange Ferris Bueller sequel. Then there's an after credit scene. <laughs> Absolutely. You got to follow the same thing as the movie. Absolutely. Absolutely. How many acts is this after credit scene? There's one act. We see a man in a chair with his back towards the audience. Is it Principal Rooney played by Roy Wood Jr.? <laughs> it is not. Guys, why are we casting this movie? I just want the story. So we see the, the we see a man with their back towards the audience. The chair spins around. That man has the body of Dwayne The Rock Johnson, but the head of of another actor that shouldn't be named. Who is probably in Scary Movie Three. He gets up off the chair and says, "Fine, I'll do it myself." And he walks towards the screen, and it fades to black. <laughs> and the voice coming out of his mouth. Despite the way he looks, is Josh Brolin. I'm going to be honest, this might have been a mistake. Is this might have been. <laughs> Listen, so you're telling me the, if the sequel to Ferris Bueller's Day Off is about love mm-hmm. at its core, mm-hmm. what is that first movie about? The first movie yeah. is about the opposite. It's about hate. It's about his friend. Uh, it's really Ferris is like not even like the main character. It's his friend and his f- relationship with his uh, his parents. And he, you're saying he hates these characters in the movie. He, yeah, he hates the life that he has. That's that's why you see him just like that legendary scene where he just kind of like jumps into the pool because he's done. Mm. Oh, you're. Oh, wait a minute. I'm sorry. I mi- I miss. I'm misinterpreting what you're talking about. You're saying that first movie is actually about Cameron and not Ferris Bueller, even though the movie is called Ferris Bueller's Day Off? 100%. And not Cameron's Day Off? Classic red herring. That's because Cameron is the 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 protagonist of the movie. There you go. Cinema Files, take note. Ferris is the antagonist. Take note. The, the what? Ferris is the antagonist. Uh, what an eye. Right, the antagonist. Huh. Interesting. You don't see that? Cinema files, they're, they're going to eat this one up. Look, Cameron has some serious mental health problems. That's what I'm saying. It's about him. Ferris is like, I don't give a shit about those. I'm trying to have a good time. Exactly. I'm fucking up your life. Let me take your father's prized Ferrari. Go pick up my underage girlfriend. Because Sloan was like a freshman and Ferris was like a senior, some shit like that. That's not that uncommon in high school, but okay. Well, I was a freshman and I was dating seniors. Okay. That was uncommon. Pump your brakes. Lover boy, Jesus Christ. Way to make this about you. Wow. Look, if Alette gets to be some mythical creature on a train spreading Hershey kisses and love on Valentine's Day, I need a spotlight on myself. I don't think this is a mythical creature. I think he's just being himself on Valentine's Day. Exactly. Do you know how many letters of my name are in Valentine's Day? Jesus Christ. At least four, right? 
<laughs> As established, the E counts twice as two separate. It's two different letters. Two different letters. <laughs> okay, gentlemen, I gotta go feed Caitlin's cat. Is that a euphemism or? Oh my goodness. Uh, this was a bunch of malarkey. I don't know what I have here to listen to. I'm afraid to listen to this. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> Happy to create chaos, you know, so some chaos around our rack.